0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lore Nerd! Thank you for tuning in to another exciting episode of. Lore Nerd! Um, That honestly wasn't my best one. love how you always say, um. (laughs) Right, is it right after or right before? I haven't been catching that. I've been
1: lore nerd um <laughs> i got It's.
0: i take that um to like readjust my throat from the <laughs> the strain i put on it saying lore nerd, i guess
1: i guess so yeah
0: yeah anyway we are here <laughs> today to talk to you ladies and gentlemen about the important stuff the reason why we're all here the reason why most of us continue to take breaths of existence um day in and day out uh it's that shiny light at the end of our tunnel uh the lore um the exciting stories that we all love to talk about uh, fantasize about worship um and gab over uh i'm your host hunter as always and we have shut
1: up dude (laughs) and we have alex here also uh our second host hey guys still alex still here still selling real fake doors
0: (laughs) (laughs) This week, uh, we have um, some exciting things to talk to you about. I'm going to be talking to you guys about uh, the comic book Old Man Logan versus the movie Logan that came out. Alex, I believe, is going to be talking to us about Constantine. I don't really know if he's going to be doing a. Uh, well, I can ask you. <laughs> Are you going to be doing like a, um, you know, movie versus comic book? Have you read any of the newer comic book issues versus the old comic book? Because I think...
1: I haven't read any of the new ones. I've read uh, the old Hellblazer series uh, done by Jamie Delano. Uh, So, and there's some other names on there, and I'll kind of go through that as I talk about it. But I really kind of want to go through just everything that I know about Constantine in the media versus the comic book I read. Because it is very different (laughs) than everything I've seen in the media, which I think is pretty intense. So I'm excited to share that and kind of... I want to get your thoughts on it, too, because I know that you've seen a lot more uh, of the DC animated films. Um, I'm not sure if John Constantine's in necessarily any of the uh, other ones besides the Apocalypse one, Um, but I really kind of want to get your thoughts on who he is as a comic book hero and who he is as not a comic book hero.
0: Yeah, and I I think the key word there is uh, hero
1: um yeah
0: definitely yeah i i really I, i have some of my opinions on that but we are also going to be wrapping up um the end of this podcast with a little bit of a spoiler talk about bad batch i'm not so certain how far into it you are i did make a mistake last week saying that it was going to be ending um, horribly hey, not, mistaken um,
1: yeah, that's actually close, yeah,
0: that's going to be the last time Hunter decides he can go three deep on lore nerd uh, I was, I, I was I, listening back to last week's episode um, just disgraceful dude I'm just disgraced <laughs> uh, however uh, this week I promised you to do better I'm going to remember that I have google to utilize uh, to make sure that we're staying on the right course But, anyway, we're going to be talking about Bad Batch at the end of this. Um, This is your first spoiler warning that if you're wanting to keep uh, Bad Batch kind of, you know, in that realm of unknown until maybe they finish the series so you can watch it all at one go, or um, maybe it's just not that time yet for you to watch it. I don't know. However, that's what we're going to be talking about, and I also do want to tease some things. I'll bring this up at the end of the episode as well. But we still have our Watchmen, um... Where we just we're just gonna be talking about Watchmen, nothing else for the whole hour. Um, that's coming up next week, and also I believe in two weeks from now, um, we're going to be having a Lord of the Rings themed uh, cast as well, where we're going to be joined by our uh, Middle Earth nerd, and uh, hopefully you guys are excited for that. Um, as always, our uh, email is in the description of the podcast squinchygoompas at gmail.com
1: do and put our twitter uh, handles in there i well? do
0: yeah i have been putting that in there okay, um
1: cool. oh wow bad uh <laughs> i guess i'm just a bad listener <laughs> no you're
0: fine uh but yeah just go ahead and reach out let us know you know what you're looking forward to hearing us talk about maybe something we uh missed corrections anything you know we just are looking for more people to talk to with and let's just dive into it
1: Yeah, dude, tell me about, uh, I really want to know about Old Man Logan. I haven't read the comics, but I definitely have seen the movie, and when you said that you were going to be talking about it, I was definitely interested in what your thoughts were overall, because, I mean, it could be really good, or it could be really bad, (laughs) I have there's a lot of in-between for that. I'll
0: start off with saying I have no complaints about it. But what I will say, it is completely different from the Logan story we got as the cinematic and the Old Man Logan as we get as the comic book. Um, okay. It was a good adaption. I think it kind of still told a similarish story, but it wasn't the same story at all. Uh, a lot of characters, um, I think they were too afraid to play with a lot of the characters that they did in old man logan versus oh, logan no. the movie because well you had characters like hawkeye spider-man hulk um all And of these, old man
1: logan the comic yeah
0: and all of these uh oh, wow. characters that had never really been introduced into the uh sony universe of marvel um so mm-hmm. i i also don't think they kind of had the rights to those to do to pull off an old man logan but with the toys that they had in their toy chest, I think they did a really good job pulling off Logan, the movie. It um, was beautifully done. If anything, I would say it's kind of like a separate, you know how they've had like multiple deaths of Superman in the DC universe, and Mm -hmm. there's multiverses, there's different endings, uh, eras come to a closing. I think this was more so, uh, if anything, and it's not a, separate comic book entity but i'd say that the movie is like a separate entry into the story of wolverine kind of stands on its own i wouldn't really even say it's from old man logan other than the fact that it's an old wolverine um to kind of dive so they
1: do a good like they do a good thing of like they're kind of like separate adaptations of each other but like pretty much do, completely. They, still, do they still hold true the like storylines that they have in them though that's
0: what i was gonna say is like the storyline in logan i feel like was more so about like the mutant world what happened to the mutants and um helping the new like wave of mutants survive or have a chance to survive i guess you would say mm-hmm. and in the comic book old man logan it's more so about Revenge, and letting go of um, past failures or past demons, the things that are haunting you. Um, Because throughout Old Man Logan, the comic book, essentially what happens is he he has retired from superheroing, hasn't popped his claws in, I think, what is it, 30 or 50 years? And he has a family, um, has kids, has a ranch, but... the America that you're living in has been separated into, I think it's like four or three territories. One's ruled by Hulk, one's ruled by the Kingpin, and the other one's ruled by, like, the corrupt president. And, oh, and then the rest of the world is ruled by Doom, I think. I think that's what it is. Oh, Um, wow, really? Yeah. It's, It's dystopian like that because what happens, what makes Logan retire is they, um all the supervillains essentially decide, wait, we can work together and just kill all the superheroes. And they do that. But how they do that is um, they have Mysterio, a character who I don't think Wolverine has really ever faced, fuck with Wolverine's mind and make him kill all of his friends. And then that defeated Wolverine because he murdered all of his friends. Um, oh,
1: wow, really? Oh, so that makes a lot more sense than for, uh, like, how... I mean it's kind of like a parallel that happens in the movie with professor xavier and all that stuff and how he feels bad for like he almost feels a little bit responsible himself even though it's just professor xavier that really did it but like a similar thing like mind trick yeah very not necessarily mind trick but something along those lines yeah that's
0: what i'd say like they they were borrowing a lot of like the same story elements but they tell a different story um Mm -hmm. and as it continues uh wolverine's in debt to the hulk and he has to pay off or else his family's gonna die or something's going to happen to his family you don't really know um so he goes on this mission for hawkeye to deliver super serum um to the east coast and what they believe to be like the the new avengers is going to be forming which is actually all just like a, a ruse by red skull um who wolverine ends up killing um
1: Oh, pretty crap so literally like just bad stuff all around is what it sounds yeah, like yeah it's just, it like, really just, is like,
0: um it ends off it was actually like i wanted the story to continue because how it ends off is uh wolverine well, don't
1: spoil the end i don't want to spoil like well, no, God, fuck because i kind of want to read it nerd. <laughs> it's
0: getting spoiled it'll, it'll tease you I, i'm not giving you everything else but um essentially wolverine wolverine's family gets killed by the Hulk and his family. So Wolverine goes on kills all of them. Um but he saves the last remaining like son of Bruce Banner and then that's how it ends is Wolverine and Bruce Banner's son right off into the sunset and it's like
1: Ooh, Oh that would Yeah, like that would have been <laughs>
0: such a great um story arc to do of like a um the wolf and the cub with Wolverine and <clears throat> Hulk. I think that would have been and you know i'm not gonna be a guy that says like oh they could could have kept on doing everything because i also really like closed stories um yeah don't need to milk it if it doesn't need to be milked anymore but i do wish that this one um had continued because
1: i i feel like i should have asked this from the beginning i'm sorry to derail you but how many issues is it and who's it written by
0: uh it's a mark miller um and i
1: think it's like six issues Say, let me know, dude, because now I'm really interested. I kind of want to read it. Um, yeah, it's a Mark Miller and
0: Steve McNeven, and it is Steve McNeven.
1: Yeah, Steve McNeven. Wow, of course it doesn't <laughs> tell me. Neve McSteven.
0: Steve McLeven. <laughs> We but can do yeah, this sorry day. to cut you off though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry to cut you off though. I'm I'm googling it because I just remembered I have the power of Google.
1: Yeah, the power of internet at your fingertips. But yeah, I feel like it's really interesting though how like the comic. It sounds like the comics a lot better than the movie. I mean, because a lot I feel like the eight movie issues. didn't really get too many like eight issues. Yep. I was gonna say uh, that's awesome though. Like a nice short story. How thick are the issues? Are they like uh? They're
0: good chunks. Okay. Uh, they're they're about like I'd say uh, like Umbrella Academy Watchmen size. size. So about like twenty four, maybe twenty four pages each. Okay. Um.
1: Oh, okay. You're talking Rorschach size.
0: Yeah, I get. Well, with Watchmen size, I meant like the issues of Watchmen are all like 24 26 pages.
1: Huh. Yeah, I guess my bad. <laughs> I'm yeah. looking at the thickness of all my yeah. books. I'm like, how thick we talk about you? Yeah. How much reading? <laughs> yeah. Oh but yeah that's interesting though though, like uh, how uh like the movie did because the movie didn't really get too many good reviews and i feel like if you would have read the comics maybe it would have like been a little bit better not even dude like
0: the movie did it upset people i don't i honestly didn't get into the reviews of it mostly because i just i i strongly um and you know this because you're my brother so you've definitely heard me critique a movie and tear it apart but mm-hmm. if I strongly hate Rotten Tomatoes as like an organization um, and mostly movie critics that like make money off of critiquing movies mm-hmm. like it's for that I always feel like it's more so just like a um opinion piece like oh I didn't yeah. like this because I I it wasn't made for me I couldn't get into it maybe I was having a bad day that day and didn't write about that like. Um, I'm not a fan of uh, reading the critiques but what I will say with this um, is it's you don't need to read the comic book to get the story of Logan um, mm-hmm. and you don't need to watch the movie Logan to get the story of old man Logan like in all honesty they tell two very separate stories but they borrow a
1: similar track.
0: yeah they borrow the track from each other if that makes sense like they're two separate yeah. trains but they use the same tracks every now and then
1: Makes sense to me.
0: So, uh, but some of the other things that I wanted to bring up that were kind of like, what, I can't believe they did this. One, did you know, Um, and everyone that actually is a lore nerd is going to laugh at me when I say this, did you know Hawkeye was blind? He what? uses Yeah, he uses echolocation to see, so he's kind of like a daredevil.
1: That would be so much cooler in the movies. I know, what right? What are they doing? Like, <laughs> when I
0: found that out, I was like, what? what the yeah. hell and apparently <laughs> like to me? <laughs> one of uh deadpool's greatest issues is him and hawkeye like partner up and mm-hmm. um since hawkeye is blind deadpool whenever he tries to talk to him will always pull up his mask so he can like read his lips with like the echo location or um he'll use uh oh sorry he's not is he blind or deaf? no he's blind yeah he's blind Fuck, no, now I gotta look this up. God damn it. It's deaf or blind.
1: Fuck. Finding, finding out the lore on the podcast. Gotta love it, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, and I am I came in here all prepared. Uh, deaf. Okay, my bad. He was deaf. So, yeah.
1: Uh, so he has just, like, super, like, sight then.
0: Yes. Um, But for some reason in this one he was blind and he was using his hearing to hear shit so i'm very that's why i was confused um i guess there's many different parts of it as always like any superhero (laughs) you know there's every race and gender of superman and batman out there there's every type of hawkeye as well but with that being said, another type of superhero that brought in, um, Hawkeye is also the father of Spider-Girl or Spider-Woman in this book as well. He uh, has relations with Peter Parker's daughter, I believe, or granddaughter, one of the two. And mm-hmm. they have a kid, and she becomes the spidered hero, the, the web shooter and she's kind of an anti-hero um i appreciate her arc in the story a lot because it was something of like a oh fuck they're doing this and then oh fuck they're doing this um (laughs) very exciting very exciting that although with it being a short story there's not really much more to talk about other than i i highly suggest it for anyone out there um it's very it's like a it's an affordable it's a quick read Um, the artwork in it is beautiful the world of it is amazing and if you love marvel um it's a great jumping off point in all honesty for comic books because it plays with all the characters that you know well enough just by watching the movies even um and introduces you to some new ones that you're also are like all right i want to dig dig a little bit deeper into this one and maybe go out and find some issues on them so it's it's a great starter comic book, I would say, in all honesty. And that's, that's what I would be recommending it to. Because mostly, if you read comic books already, you're going to be picking up Old Man Logan if you see it on the shelves. But if you don't read comic books and you're wondering, should I dip my toe in the water, this is a good one to start on. Hmm.
1: Makes sense to me. So let's talk about yours man because i i i won't
0: lie i kind of after you said you want to talk about constantine i was like all right i gotta speed through old man logan because constantine is a it's a tricky one i'll say that
1: for certain Uh, tricky it's more so it just leaves you sitting there like wait what like why am i <laughs> why is it called Constantine it should just be called what happens around Constantine and that's, that's why i really i want to
0: read the newer ones because i i don't know if that was more so a um god i need to stop saying um so much i don't know if that was a product of the time or if it was what they were trying to achieve with the storytelling because it was and i only read the first volume i think of hellblazer but there's an issue where actually hell i think almost every issue except for the one where he deals with the flatulence demon where he really doesn't do anything except talk to people
1: and then have knows he knows what to do it's more so he doesn't save anyone like that's the thing it's very much so like he saves his own skin and if the problems dealt with by sacrificing his friend or his girlfriend or whatever he takes that path and that's why like it's very interesting like it's not he's not necessarily like what you would get from you know uh well first off before i dive into it i guess uh i'm talking about john constantine hellblazer uh the original sins um volume it's volume one and it's by jamie delano john ridgway alfro alcala rich Vitek, tech actually beached and Tom Mandrake. And uh yeah, I mean, overall like it's that's exactly what he does throughout the entire book is he sacrifices friends. Like he knows what magic and what spells to use, but he's not like the DC universe John Constantine that we know of where he's actively saving people. It's more so like, oh, the demons trapped inside this guy, let's throw this guy into a spell so that way he can't move and the demon can't leave like he's not saving them he's trapping demons and pissing off the underworld and the underworld knows of him too because like you see like when he talks to other demons they're like "Oh, john constantine <laughs> like but that's about it which is why it's kind of crazy because it's like i'm used to the john constantine who's saving people and people are like thank you and he's like oh i don't like i don't give a shit. like stay away from broken glass or whatever you know what i mean like eat your green vegetables, kid, but I don't really give a shit if you don't, sort of character. But in this, he's not that at all. He's even worse. <laughs> so, um, what did you think about the first volume, though? Because I know you've read that, too. Because I'm halfway through the second one, and I'll tell you, not much has changed for that.
0: So, when I was reading it, at first I was like, alright, it's just like a slow burn. It's setting up the world. It's setting up what's supposed to be happening. But as I got through it, I just realized kind of what you were saying was he's not saving really anyone. And to to my argument, I don't think he's ever really using magic all too much either. I mean, the guy always has to he's go to either spells, like Dr. Like... Midnight. Well, no, he's not even doing that. Like either he's going to Dr. Midnight or the spell is being cast around him and he just knows the exact time to like go in or go out. But like I have I don't think I ever saw him. Perform the spell.
1: He's like Ghost Facers from Supernatural, dude. That's who he's like. Yeah, and like, I think... Like, and and I, then Sam Dean come and save him. A Supernatural reference. My <laughs> biggest issue was...
0: they And I honestly... I need to Google this as well. Uh, my biggest issue, though, was... There was an issue where... Like, three different football fans... And by football, I mean uh, soccer. Soccer fans morphed together... It was just two, two soccer. Fans. Oh, it was two. Okay, they were both they were both neo Nazis, but they were soccer fans from rival teams, and that's like how John Constantine beat them by saying like, "Hey, you guys like different soccer teams," and that is how the like, com- like the comic <laughs> book just ended there. And I was just like, was the <laughs> was the author just really pissed off at idiotic comic book fans during this time, to- or not comic book fans, soccer fans at this time, like?
1: It, no, I think that uh, you forget though is that he was, he pissed off one of the like demon bosses, and so they sent that to kill him. And he's like, oh, this demon boss doesn't even know like about human stuff. So he's like, hey, uh, you guys both have rival soccer team tattoos, and the guy tears himself apart because he doesn't want to be put together with like it's like Arsenal and Liverpool or something like that. Like two... um like, Champions League teams, and so they rip each other apart. So Constantine basically just, a uh, demon boss took a shot at him, and he dispelled that super easy, which is why I thought it was funny, but it's funny how that bothers you.
0: Because, I mean, I'm over here reading
1: other books. <laughs> other books.
0: And, <laughs> yeah, it's something quirky, you like, that, that might happen, but there's still like a reason to it you know like and i guess what you're you painted it a little bit better for me and that might have been the reasons is i was having a hard time follow constantine as i was reading it it did not do me any favors um in the reading department of how Mm. i was supposed to be following the story
1: that's because i feel like it's very not normal comic book writing um That's weird to say, but at the same token, it's like you don't necessarily know what's going on. And there's like individual stories like uh, he goes to the demon of pestilence or he's saving. Well, it's like they they try to
0: do what Watchmen does and kind of fail at it. And I don't want to say fail because help. Constantine has been going on forever now. We're talking about him. Clearly, the character has not failed. They did something right. It's just not for me. Um
1: it does tell you like it's... after reading Lucifer, I think Lucifer is a better John Constantine. like they kind of have this a similar thing, but it's more so. It's like dealing with supernatural. so think of it like as in supernatural episodes instead of but not in a Western way of telling because we're always looking for the oh, good guy saves the day, good guy saves people, like good guy feels good as good guy and it's not that at all it's a good guy does this and people die because that's the way the world works <laughs> and that's why i feel like it throws us off because we're constantly waiting for him to do something good but it never happens
0: yeah and that's what for i extent. wanted to look up too was is constantine an american graphic novel or
1: I mean, it had a lot of European. That's uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna like, say. Is it has a, a lot, lot of, of... European uh, references, which is why I wasn't sure if that was the truth or not. But hey, I don't necessarily know for sure. All I do know though is that I was super, super happy at the end of it because you got a little bit of swamp thing in there. You got like there was some good, good storytelling at close to the end. And like it's I really want to read set me up for the second one.
0: Yeah, I want to read into it when like Swamp Thing starts getting into it and all that stuff with Alan Moore. But mm-hmm. the the one that you're reading, The Hellblazer, is it's it's hard for me to follow, for sure. Um It's good, like it's good storytelling. It's just yeah, I think what you're saying is I I'd been set up with the American idea of story gets solved by the end of the issue um and get either cliffhanger happens or uh you know it just gets resolved so mm-hmm. i i think that was expectations not being met that i had previously set
1: how do you think does john have you seen john constantine though in anything besides apocalypse and the movie that keanu roos plays him as yeah so i've seen the um
0: cw show
1: that was on for two seasons
0: I was that, actually? <laughs> honestly, that one that one lines up with this comic book a lot more. It it makes it a lot more sense because in the moot in the TV show he was that way of like, eh, like the person's fucked. Like I'm not really, I'm not huh. the good guy of the story. I'm just mm. in the story, and. Yeah, here I am to explaining why it's a good story too it's hilarious <laughs> constantly reshaping my idea while live um, <laughs> makes sense to me the uh, movie versions though animated movie versions that I've seen of him are the I would say more so American of him, him being sort of a sorcerer supreme character but cool if that makes sense like he's not wearing the cape and being all campy. He's wearing a trench coat, smoking a cig and screwing over demons and some rigged gambling that he set up, you know?
1: Yeah. I, maybe that's why it didn't do so well though. Like when it like reached the show, if that makes sense because it sounds like <laughs> from the, at least from what I heard from the show. And the reason why I said, Ooh, how is was that? is because, I didn't think it was going to be good. However, hearing that, it's like, ooh, maybe this will be good, and that's why it didn't do so well. Is because it wasn't received well over, well, for just Western audiences overall. Well, everyone
0: really want it. I think it was received well. Like it had a, it has a cult following. Um, I don't want to say as strong as supernatural, but yeah, yeah, it's the cult following. You're right. Um, I would say highly different. And I know you said not the Keanu Reeves movie, but that was the one that set my idea of what Constantine was. And I, I want to go out and find like a more modern version of Constantine and see maybe if like updated version is more different, more lines up with the um, Keanu Reeves animated version storytelling of Constantine. Mm -hmm. but also i think that element of i'm not the good guy is what makes those two so good um so maybe it'd be a bad thing not to play into that you know
1: yeah i mean i guess that makes sense but overall like i'm not sure if i would necessarily recommend this to anyone like you have to be a fan of constantine to look into this um So, I mean, most everything that I've read so far, I'll recommend to people. i not, like, if you like comics, you're going to like it. Like Invincible or uh, Dark Knight's uh, Death Metal or Umbrella Academy. Things like that, I'll for sure recommend those. However, for this, I'll be honest, you have to really, really like Constantine and really be into, um, and you have to, like, I don't know. You have to commit yourself to it. It's one of those things where it's not going to be the easiest read. It's going to be something where you're like, oh, I was promised the cookie at the end of this <laughs> issue sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So, but overall, I really liked it. Like I said, I'm reading the second one. I'm going to continue to read them. So, uh, overall, really liked it.
0: What was your uh, favorite, I guess, arc overall so far? That you um
1: yeah there was one arc where uh like there's two different things so like the demons are kind of like businessmen so they're constantly like dealing souls like what <laughs> yeah. can i get for a soul i did appreciate
0: um, that element of the world that mm-hmm. was interesting
1: but it's also interesting because heaven also has a group and they're basically raising armies from the dead so it's very like supernatural uh heaven versus hell sort of thing but both of them are shit bags. Um, and Earth is just getting screwed over in the middle of it so that's why Constantine's there but anyway, Constantine comes in, there's this family that's praying for their son to come back from Vietnam, their son's dead um, and what happens basically is is that so many people pray for this to happen that it comes true but the funny thing, well not I guess it's not funny <laughs> uh, the son comes back to life in their hometown and starts killing uh just people of the town like their family members uh you know the local mechanic the uh the local priest like they're just killing them all like they killed people in Vietnam like citizens in Vietnam well they th- so, they think
0: they're in Vietnam still
1: yeah exactly they, they think they're in Vietnam but they're not so it's just a very interesting storytelling of that. But it it ends with, basically, the guy kills his parents thinking that they're Vietnamese uh, civilians. And then John Constantine's like, I'm out of here, basically, is what he does. So he doesn't solve it. He doesn't save anyone. He just throws up the piece and leaves. And uh, that was, like, really interesting for me because... It really kind of told the story of, like, how uh, just imperialism overall is just ridiculous. And how, like, it borders and people don't really matter. Like, if you're in a war and you're told to kill someone, that's what you're going to do. And, like, I don't know. It's just a really interesting philosophical storytelling. And it blew my mind, and it really got me interested. And that's why, honestly, that's what hooked me overall. Because it was telling the story of something that happened in history not being on the side of like what propaganda would tell you but at the same token like telling the story and like explaining a lesson and that is it was awesome see that's interesting
0: i almost read that as like propaganda but i mean it was released i believe in 1988 so that would have been like i think well after the NAM War was over. Maybe yeah, Co- know, maybe Korean War. Well publication date of the first Hellblazer was ninety-eight. Yep. Yes sir. And the war ended in seventy three. So I guess you were right. It would it would be weird if they were trying to do some propaganda in there. Um but Okay. I I I did like that one as well. I will say I appreciated the story, I believe. Is it the one where the two got the one that I was bitching about where he <laughs> has to go deal with the lord of pestilence and then there's like this guy that's like racking up a body count in hell and then he like becomes something. It's like the sex bot or something like that, the sexual demon. Um mm-hmm
1: yeah i think it's something along those lines yeah for sure
0: i like that one a lot though i i appreciate constantine it's good i i agree with your uh, recommendation though of it's not really for new timers you really have to want to read the constantine story exactly so let's get into and uh spoiler ladies and gentlemen this is your second yeah, spoiler
1: warning. alert again bad batch oh man i fucking love this
0: uh, how f- how far are you? Uh, are you I'm all caught up? caught up? Okay, On cool, five, me too.
1: Five was the last episode I watched.
0: Me as well. Me as well. All right, then we can like fully like talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, get into it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So let's let's I guess start off at the beginning. Did you know anything about the Bad Batch when you first started like watching it? Other I than me no constantly idea. yapping off your ear about it? Okay. I had no idea at all. Cool. Were you? it's like the opening scenes it's clone wars burns away bad batch you're on the planet you meet caleb and then do things start clicking for you like oh shit i know it's about like
1: as soon as uh they're like obi-wan kenobi's he's corner general grievous on Utapal, i'm like oh boy i was like here we go (laughs) How how long does communication take to get places yeah did you like how they gave us, like, a
0: animated interpretation of the Revenge of the Sith, like, uh, battle for Coruscant scene? When they're, uh, like, they take down the magma guards, General Grievous hits the, like, codes. Like, it was almost, like, shot for shot from the live action into the animation. It was so great.
1: I mean, General Grievous never really... Oh, yeah, 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 I guess you're right. Like, when they were going through, you're talking about in the very beginning where it's, like, uh legend of Korra style where it's like yeah we go into chorus like it's like a news legend of Korra style
0: dude that was clone war style what are you talking about
1: well i mean maybe maybe so but i didn't i haven't watched clone wars so i like fair warning to like people like you can for sure watch this and it's gonna be an awesome watch however um as hunter put it like maybe go watch clone wars I mean, that's definitely nice, but I didn't need it. Like, I'm still mad into it just because I'm a Star Wars fan overall.
0: Yeah, I would say watching all of Clone Wars before watching Bad Batch would be the lore nerd move, but it's not needed. As long as you know the Star Wars universe, you'll love Bad Batch because it, it lines up perfectly with Star Wars chemistry, good Star Wars chemistry, I should say, and has all the great elements of a good Star Wars story. So, I have no I have no complaints about it thus far.
1: Let me ask you this question. Who's your favorite character? I'm actually... Who's your favorite of the Bad Batch? Oh, okay. You
0: narrowed it down to Bad Batch. Okay. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. a fan of Echo, dude. Uh, I've been a fan of Echo since Clone Wars, which that's sort of like, a, I guess, a reason to watch Clone Wars is you get to find out where Echo came from. But... <clears throat> If you know Alex, you might know about me, but he kind of reminds me of like one of my favorite G.I. Joe characters who had like one of those modular arms that was robotic and he could like put anything on it. And it just reminds me of that and also he's just he's a badass. He's a non-modified clone being able to keep up with these clones that are genetically modified to be badasses, so that makes him a badass, you know. He's he's an Arc Trooper turned into this and that
1: it's super cool. <clears throat> my favorite is uh, <laughs> freaking Wrecker, dude. I love Wrecker. <laughs> Easily my favorite. He's like, uh, I've watched a lot of Star Wars Rebels, and um, he reminds me of—is uh, it Clanker, the droid? Yeah, I want to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like they're the same type of character, and I love it so much because he's just off the wall, like doesn't care about or not doesn't necessarily chopper doesn't care, not clanker i chopper. was like hey, that doesn't sound right but it, yeah, chopper. yeah chopper yeah so it's like sassy because but not sassy because he wants to hurt feelings or anything like that but sassy because in his world it just doesn't matter <laughs> and that's exactly what i got from wrecker overall when he's just like oh no the successful mission and he's all about that and like wanting to blow stuff up. He doesn't care about anything else.
0: Yeah. He's I, the best. Um. I was watching a fan cut of the food fight scene in the first episode of Bat <laughs> Someone cut <laughs> to Bad Reputation, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's perfect," because um, <laughs> it like starts off with Omega throwing it, and then like it, the the beat kicks when Wrecker throws it, and like is like, "Yeah, bring
1: it." <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Um so overall it's great Did to you give, know? to give you hold a sec i want to no, give a no, synopsis no, no, no. real quick um because yeah I after so. after listening to our last spoiler section um especially when we were we drinking really give too many spoilers do, yeah we didn't give any spoilers at all we literally just said like a couple of names that we really didn't even know and we just like pissed off for a little bit <laughs> So I want to give a little bit of a, a little yeah, bit of give a synopsis. Yeah, us a little anopsis. bit of a synopsis. Uh the story of Bad Batch is about some some a squad of genetically modified clones that are essentially the SEAL team of the Republic army. They mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say the SEAL team, like maybe even like these, yeah, they're the, the outcasts, like, like the, the the sp- well the special SEAL team, like the yeah, I don't even know what to call them in a real world, but yeah, you you did also sort of hit the nail on the head there. They are outcasts. None of the like other the clones really like the them.
1: Other, yeah, the other only way that clones like them is when they're saving their butts. Otherwise, they're going to make them ter- like feel terrible about themselves cuz they're defective clones basically.
0: Yeah, and they they essentially believe clones believe, you know, we are the best were made from the best and we have the best brothers you guys are failures essentially Mm -hmm. and they actually you know don't really care all too much uh they seem to function just fine with their own little family unit and i love them from meeting them in clone wars to this it's always a joy to see how they actually like attack something because it's always very unorthodox and kind of how a D&D party might murder hobo a DM's campaign um <laughs> might like perfectly set up like all the all the enemy NPCs so that way when they come into the cave and then all of a sudden your party tells you about how they're just going to blow up the cave supports and cause like a, a massive cave in and you're like, "Ah. Well, I guess that does do the job." <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a, it's a beautiful story. I don't really know where it's going to be going because Dave Filoni is a genius in his storytelling, so you really only get the snippet you get that week, and that's it, and you be thankful for it. Speculating into the future is really hard because it's almost done in the style of, I want to say Mandalorian, where you're given kind of an, an idea where the story might go, but it could just cut off and just do a complete anthology thing where it's like, all right, and that was the end of that little story chapter that might be introduced halfway through the next one but we're just gonna start something new and i appreciate that so far omega i thought i was going to hate her which that is the um shit i'm doing it again terrible synopsis and uh omega's introduced to the bad batch as a new character she's also or kind of still in quotations a genetically modified clone we don't really know too much about her other than the fact that she has a big affinity for the Bad Batch, and they're growing to love her as well.
1: Mhm. I Definitely. think I think that's a. Good Did you know synopsis, straight from ahead. the beginning though that she was a uh, that she was a clone?
0: No, and that's why like from the beginning when they introduced her, I was like, oh, okay, here's I was like here's the kids show element because they like there's no way that Disney greenlit the Bad Batch to be like an adult cut. You know, it's not gonna be all gruesome war drama. There has to be some sort of kid element to it. Just like like Clone Wars brought up Ahsoka. Um Rebels brought in Ezra Bridger. <clears throat> mm-hmm. There's always like that kid element to it. And I was like, oh, oh great I that here she it was is gonna be
1: a Jedi too. Because like I still think initial... she might be dude. Mm.
0: I think that no, was No dude, she's
1: just the original She's just she's an original. Because remember how they were talking in uh, one of the scenes, the Kaminoans are talking to each other. And they're saying, uh, yeah, we don't have, or Boba Fett's DNA is degrading. We're going to need some more original DNA. And that's when the bounty hunter was sent after Omega. So it's at least leading you to believe that Omega is an original, with original DNA like Boba Fett. She's not a clone. She is engineered.
0: Well, if she's engineered, she's a clone.
1: Well, no, but she's not hmm, how do I put this? Kind of like how Django Fett would would be. Gotcha. So like uh one that isn't uh, like hat I mean,
0: I, I think that? you still might be right, but
1: you see what I'm saying though? No, I
0: think you might be right, but I honestly still think because there was all that big secrecy behind her when uh, Tarkin was on the station on the first episode I think they mixed in some, like, Jedi cl- stuff, dude. Like, they are trying to up their cloning process. What is the next stage for the Kaminoans? They're definitely not happy just making clones. Like, they're going to want to progress to something greater. And we already know that that technology comes into play in Mandalorian with yeah. um, all of those, like, clone bodies and whatnot that are going on in there. So it's like, all right, where does that come from? And this, this is what I think it is. It's going to be them trying to remake the Bad Batch from like that DNA, and in that, the Empire discovering the Comino and secret, and then we get <laughs> fucking your words
1: are blowing up um, right now. I know.
0: And then we That's get what's his face Scar across it. Um, big baddie in the sequel series. Can't remember his name. Snoke. Snoke. yeah and that's that's gonna be snoke we're gonna get the answer he's a he's a he's a degraded clone from omega because sidious was was trying to clone himself with that Mm. process
1: interesting thought actually
0: that is that is my huge rabbit hole (laughs) or yeah but to ask you some questions man so far does watching this make you want to go watch any of clone wars
1: um yeah i guess so just because i'm a star wars fan but i'm also i'm not gonna lie like i'm not i don't necessarily think that a lot's gonna happen if that also makes sense like i don't know i'm just i'm not convinced i guess to watch clone wars completely yet i mean i haven't even necessarily watched uh All of, um... Rebels. Rebels. So I still have some of that to watch. I do like the way that the storytelling happens, though. So because of that, maybe. But... Well, what's, I
0: guess, holding... Is it just really the fact that the storytelling at times is a little bit too... Uh, immature for you? That's holding you off from Clone
1: Wars? Or what is it? Um, just more so, like, the whole... I have way too many stories going on right now. <laughs> gotcha. It's like... How, remember that one... Hunter once asked me, like, how many stories are you involved <laughs> in? And it really upset me that I was only involved in two. So, like, I, I was like, all right, screw it. Like, I'm going to be into all of them. Like, <laughs> as many stories as possible. But and now that's you're, not like, how drowning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm drowning in stories. Yeah, exactly. So... And I'm over here just gulping seawater, thinking it's normal, waiting to drown.
0: Oh, <laughs> bud. No, okay. I. Uh, well, just because I still am. Let's see. I'm watching Bad Batch. I'm rewatching Clone Wars with my wife. I'm going to be starting Rebels here soon. I'm reading J.R. Tolkien book, The Children's of Hurin. Reading comic books with it, at least three right now. So it's like yeah. I'm I'm still like diving deep into it, dude.
1: So you're into it. You're in it to win it, dude. Always. So I'm hearing.
0: <laughs> to kind of uh bring the Bad Batch conversation to a close, what is something that you're hoping comes from this series?
1: I don't know, to be quite honest, because there's a lot that I would want. I would have to say, overall, what I want really is for I'm ready for the whole mega thing. Like immensely ready for it. I'm excited to see how that's gonna play out. Um, but yeah, that's about it. <laughs> like okay. uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm. I'm an avid watcher overall.
0: Um, I'm hoping we get either some storytelling that helps connect the sequel series to the original series of movies. So just something that like kind of helps paint the picture of maybe where some characters came from or anything really so you know that whole snoke line that i just pulled out of my ass a little bit ago um or anything else really more so mm-hmm. i'd be fine with too but what i really hope comes from this and i hope someone gets their shit together we get another clone trooper squadron game but it's of the bad batch
1: Ooh. that'd be cool actually yeah i'd be down to play that Oh, so that's what you mean by what you want to come from it. Well, I mean
0: like yeah, it could be anything. I just, you know, as the asker of the question, I am God and can reframe the <laughs>
1: the expectations yeah. of it. I mean, I guess from this, I would really mu- I mean, you don't necessarily need a live action, but like yeah, I definitely want a game or something like that where I can interact. And to be quite honest, I wish that or I would really want a game where you're a uh, new clone that's a one part of the bad batch like a defective clone so you get to choose like your side are you going to be on the side of like the clones are you going to be on the side of the bad batch and the rebellion like where are you going to be and so like from that aspect i'm always down for one of those like choose your path type games and that's what i would really want from it
0: well i was um there was a as i was re-watching clone wars with michaela there was a A whole siege of a planet that i thought would be a really cool idea for a video game where you just you know it's a classic comedy where you end up everyone that you play dies at the end of their play turn but it's mm-hmm. one of those games where all right you're the clone trooper at the front lines and you have to try and like stop the assault you can't all right cool because that's something that i appreciate these shows doing is they didn't ever really show the gruesomeness of this war and it was like it's brutal as hell the, i mean it messed up the tro- clone troopers they all had like most of them that survived had ptsd if they did survive like it it was war and that's something that i <clears throat> as i get older I think would be a it's a beautiful storytelling element to help maybe portray what some of our heroes are going through or our veterans are going through from home you know so anyway that's a uh that's something to end up with the bad batch what, what are we going to be talking about next week man
1: um well next week you oh watchman yeah i had, yeah i have a doomsday clock to read Is what i have yeah so, you gotta
0: uh, rip through that i guess you can hand over those invincible compendiums nah, buddy piss <laughs> off
1: i'm doing both of them <laughs>
0: Um, I will say a little sneak peek after. Um, and I've read all the Rorschach now too that you gave me. Yeah. Uh, likey, no likey. I likey, but I still kind of am wanting you to read Doomsday Clock still, so we can we can fully talk about it. But what I will say with Doomsday Clock is, uh, another beautiful Watchmen story, does justice to be a sequel, and I have really no complaints about it. But. Definitely that's uh that's something to end off with on a good note uh thank you ladies and gentlemen for joining as always because alex never fails to remind me so i'm getting with it Mm -hmm. we will be posting our contact down in the description of the podcast so that way you guys can just go ahead and copy and paste it into your uh, email address or maybe search bar for our twitter handles make it a little bit easier on you and easier on me so that way i don't have to spell it out for you guys but that will be all down below in the description. Go ahead, like, and subscribe to us. Uh, please comment. Uh, give us some something to work with here, ladies and gentlemen. We know you're listening. We want to talk to you. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, I'm your host, Hunter. We'll be here next week.